bless you this morning. Thank you for the great privilege and honor of being in your presence this morning. Thank you for giving us understanding concerning your word. Bless your people. Thank you for grace, peace, strength. For this perfect peace for those whose minds are stayed upon you. We give you all the praise and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, clap your hands and bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Social distance high five. Tell your neighbor you're looking better with a mask off your face. Tell them there. Yeah, tell them you're looking much better with your mask off. <laughs> There's a rhythm to God and we're going to get into the rhythm this, after this. Glory, 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 glory. So welcome to every single one of you all, our family, our friends, our partners across the globe. Thank you this morning for being with us. I know that it's going to bless you tremendously, all the sons and daughters across the globe. We love you. We miss you. and We pray that God will strengthen you where you are. But someone's going to get a breakthrough in this atmosphere. So my 52 days in trusting the Lord is up. I asked God for 52 days. I don't know about you if you did. And I woke up this morning, the Lord said to me, I've given you three things. He gave me a family strategy, a strategy for my family. He gave me a financial strategy. And he gave me a fitness strategy. And if I continue on the path that I'm going right now, victory. Because some of you, the Lord has blessed you not with a house and a car, but with a strategy that you will never be in debt to anybody again. Pay attention to the strategy, because that's what God has been releasing to his sons and daughters. Why? Because if you work the strategy in the next three years, you will never look back. Never look back. That's what the Lord has been speaking to us about. Before I preach this morning, I am ministering tonight as well on a platform in London. If you can put up that poster, if you want to connect with us online tonight. Um, the series is called Piercing the Darkness. Uh, we are on a platform called, uh, I think it's my church, London. So we're on there and ministering across the globe on tonight. So pray for us. Uh, strong prophetic release and a word that God has got for tonight. So we'll be online. Praise the Lord. And so, um, good morning to you. Are you well? Yeah. Say it is well with my soul. The series that I'm in tonight, starting this morning, is called Rest. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 9 is your foundational scripture. There remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. I don't want to get into Hebrews chapter 4, the whole chapter. I want to just breeze through some things to give us some context so that you would not be ever confused concerning what it means to be rested in God. And so there remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. If you read chapter 4, it's going to help you tremendously. But let us understand some things. So God, in the beginning of time, when he created the heavens and the earth and created man, we're picking up in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 1. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 1 says, 
This is now, thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. Verse 2 says, and on the seventh day, so at the end of the sixth day, God creates man and his whole creation is done and man is put to work and tend the garden. But God is looking down and is looking at his people and his creation. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day. Oh my God, there's so much revelation in there. And sanctified it. Because in it, he rested. In it, he rested. From all his work, which God had created and made. And this is the history of the heavens and the earth. When they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. So, when you see the seventh day, in the beginning of time, it was not for man. Because there was no Sabbath or rest for man. Man was about his work. He was having a relationship with the Lord. He had all the provision that he ever needed. Someone's going to get debt free in this message. I'm telling you. God's going to cancel your debt because you're coming into a rest. Some of you, you know that you're only working because of bonds and cars. Because if God has to cancel all of that, you wouldn't need your boss anymore. At least I'm getting one amen from somebody here. You're only working for provision. Adam never worked for provision. He was at his work in his assignment. Adam never had a Sabbath. The Sabbath was never for Adam. It was for God. He had all the provision. He had his assignment. And he had his relationship with God in place. So the rest we're talking about has got to be something else. Because God ceased from his work. And he was satisfied. So he blesses the day. Because he looks back and he says, six days are done. The seventh day, he blesses it. He sanctifies it. And he rests. The Bible says he rested from all his work which God had created and made. So the word sanctified means holy, set apart, separate, and also means separated and elevated. So it means that that day was like no other day. It was no ordinary day. So he sanctifies it, he blesses it, he separates that day from any other day, and he elevates it. He elevates that day. So, so a couple of reasons why God did that. Because the uniqueness that there was a connection, a rest between heaven and earth was complete. The mirror image of heaven on earth, it was done. God's image, God's man, God's creation. So God stops working. And he rested, not because he was tired. 
He rested because he wasn't, not because he was weary. He rested because of satisfaction. <laughs> he didn't need to replenish his energy. It's not like I'm so tired, I need to go and take a holiday. No, no, no. No more creation and no more work to do. Until man falls and he sins. God gets up from where he is and he has to ask Adam, where are you? Adam and Eve says, well, we've been deceived. We ate from the tree and now they're naked. God starts to work again. He brings back, in, goes back into work, and he has to kill an animal, and he uses the skin to cover Adam and Eve. So God's work is in place again. And God continues to work throughout the ages, and 4,000 years later, until Jesus comes. And God works through the prophets, and God works through different voices, and He's, he's setting things in place and he's working with man all the time until his son comes in the earth and his name is Jesus. And he comes and he comes to fulfill the law. And when Jesus said, it is finished, he didn't say, I'm finished. He said, it is finished. Because the work that man needed to do to be, to be connected to God was now restored. The work had ended. The sacrifices, the animals that they needed to sacrifice and, and how they had to obey certain laws and, and set things in place. But let's have a look at another scripture. Because when he speaks to Moses, he says, these people don't understand the reason why when I give you the Ten Commandments, right in the middle of the Ten Commandments, listen to what it says in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 8. He's now speaking to Moses and he's raising up a people. He's raising up a people. These people didn't know God. He says, you were not a people, now you became the people of God. So, he now speaks to Moses and says, thou shalt not kill, honor your mother and your father, love the Lord your God. He says, but then he puts one, one commandment in there that is really interesting. It says, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. It means set it apart, means elevate that day, because this is a blessed day. Six days you shall labor and, you do, and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. Nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. So, we still keep the Ten Commandments. Now there's a certain group of people called the Sabbatarians. And the Sabbatarians are like seven-day Adventists. If you study them, you'll find out that the way they're trying to obey the law and the, the rules that have been put in, it, it disqualifies Jesus in that church. That's all I want to say this morning. There are Seventh-day seven Baptist church and there are other Christians that are, that are following the same to say we are observing a particular day. 
And so when God speaks to Israel, it's because they don't know God and they're working, and God's working, He wanted them to be as made in His image. They would, because of creation, I, and, and I think because, especially because of the devil, the devil will make you work seven days a week and wear you out. And he wants you to be so stressed out that when you're 29, you look like you're 92. And work four and five jobs. And that's not rest. We are going to bring you into a place of real rest. I see somebody at 65 years old going to get married again because she's going to look like she's 45 and God's going to do a brand new work inside of you because that woman looks rested. Come on. I think that's exactly where Sarah was, man. I think that is where even Isaac's wife was and when everybody looked on that. And that's how they look on Pastor Z. They ask, is she 45 again? Yeah, 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 yeah. I see you. Because you see, when you're walking with God, if you are planted in the house of the Lord, you remain fresh and flourishing. Anytime you go with God, God's going to give you rest. He's not going to give you toil. Listen to me, Adam never had a Sabbath day. Yet Adam was working. Because rest is not the absence of work. It's the absence of toil. That's the reason why you're going to get older, but you're not going to age. I thought, yes, something is at least amen. Come on, get rid of that pruned face this morning. Come on, put a smile on your dial. Get, a, get happy this morning because I'm preaching to your soul that needs rest this morning. You've been anxious about so many things, worried about so many things, and it's affecting your physical body. God's calling you into a place of rest. So when God speaks to them, He says, all these people knew under Pharaoh and under bondage was to work every single day. They worked every single day. And so when God brings them out, He says, I've heard the cry and the taskmasters that they were under. That enemy is a wicked taskmaster. Master, you've got to be careful. You walk with Him, He's going to wear you out. You won't have time for your children. You won't have time for your grandchildren. You're going to be just tired, working, working, and, and getting nowhere. And so Israel was told to take a rest. And what were they supposed to do? Look and take time out. Don't work. Just celebrate God's creation. Just celebrate God's goodness. They were forced to do that. And many of them under the law they're still required to do that. So you take Friday night, you go into your Saturday, the Sabbath, and you do nothing. And that was supposed to be a time of reflection and, and a time of reminding about how man has fallen from God. And how man was so far from the plan and the purposes of God. That they were stressed out. And you find in companies, and I know one particular one in, in the United States, uh, when, when the shops were open, Chick-fil-A, they, 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 they just closed on a Sunday. It was just like, we're closing up. And you go and study their history and how God has blessed them because of that rest. Now, they honored God on doing what is natural. But I want to speak to you this morning about the spiritual rest of who you are and what God intended you to do. So, in, in the book of Exodus chapter 31 and verse 12, please. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak also to the children of Israel saying, surely my Sabbaths 
you shall keep. For it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. It speaks about the same Sabbath he speaks about, spoke about to Adam. Sanctify their day. What does it mean? Sets you apart, elevates you, promotes you, increases you because of the Sabbath. That's what he says. He says because it's going to be a sign that there's something on you. This rest means that there is a sign. It's God's sign that you are different to the rest of the world. Because the sign when you are walking in the rest of God, you're experiencing the favor of God like nobody else can. Why? God, how's God going to separate you? You got peace while others don't have peace. You're going on holidays when others cannot go. They've been working for seven years, unable to take a break. But here comes your holiday again in December. God opens up a door for you because God's got a way to elevate you, to set you apart. You're not like the rest of the world. You will not perish with the rest of the world because the Bible says, for God so loved the world that whosoever believes in Him should not what? Say it again. Say it again. The reason why he brought you in, what is it, you know, I went and, and looked at my tires the other day and I was changing the one and the guy says, hey, hey, look on the inside here of this wheel of yours here, this tire, it's perishing. The alignment is out and you wore this thing out. And for many of you, you've taken out so much pressure, you're under so much of, of stress and toil, your life is perishing. Yet he says, for those who love the, that believe in him, should, you should, you should not perish with the rest of the world. That is not your portion. Weariness is not your portion. A taskmaster, if you're under any kind of bondage, I'm telling you, God's going to bring you out of that bondage you've been in and he's bringing you into a place of rest. You really think that your job is the only way that God can provide for you. I didn't say leave your job. I'm saying believe the word and the, the word's going to move you. Can you wait on God? Please don't make a move outside of the, uh, don't, until you believe this word. It says this, this Sabbath, it's going to be a sign. This is the title of my sermon this morning. The Sabbath is a sign. It's a sign that you belong to God. It's a sign that God can take care of you. It's a sign that God can take care of your children. It's a sign that God knows your house is in need. It's a sign that you are different to the rest of the world. It's a sign when others are perishing, you have peace. It's a sign that when you are 92, you look like you are 54 because you are just walking in the peace of God. You are looking so, you're, come on somebody, tell your neighbor, Yeah. Your days of stressing are over. And so when, listen, what did I say? <laughs> Surely my Sabbath shall be for you. It is a sign between me and you and throughout generations that you might know, that you must know that the Lord sanctifies you. It's really important to understand the Old Testament. It's really important. Why is it important? Because Matthew chapter 5 verse 17 answers your question. When Jesus comes, Matthew chapter 5 verse 17. 
when he walks in, all the systems changed. This particular scripture, this particular law becomes very powerful. Jesus says, do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill it. Watch now. Jesus arrives and all the laws and its systems come to an end. He walks into the church, the temple, and he overthrows the tables because he's destroying what they had built and he's replacing it with what, who he is. And so, Mark chapter 2 verse 27, I'm laying foundations this morning. I just want to lay foundations. We're going to preach you and I see somebody going to come out of every kind of toil. You don't have to run. If you're running from somebody or trying to force your own way, you're outside of the rhythm of God. But if you believe this word, this word's going to bring you into a place of tremendous rest. Where you're going to be elevated, separated, and blessed. And he said to them, let's just go back to this one. I want us to go back a couple of verses here. Uh, give me a verse from verse 20. Let me just see some things. I need to just go back a couple of verses here, please. Um, give me the next verse, 21. Uh, no one sews a, a piece of unshrunk cloth onto an old garment. Verse 22. No one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine bursts the wineskins. The wine is spilled and the wineskins are ruined. Keep going. Now it happened, this is the, where it is, verse 23. It happened that he went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. And as they went, his disciples began to pluck the heads of grain. And the Pharisees said to him, now these people were watching how Jesus operated. They were the keepers of the law. And they would go and watch anybody making a mistake. Anybody, what they were doing was, they were watching anybody who had no mask on. They put Pastor Z out of the shop yesterday because she refuses to put on a mask. I'll preach about it and I'll show you. It's making more damage. We're joining a group of people across the globe that's dealing with the fact that the masks are more damaging. You cannot have the size, the size of what you are dealing with and what you're putting on your mouth. It's like you, you've, you've got a soccer ball. That's the size of what you're dealing with as a virus. And the goalposts is the size of the gap in your masks. Let me get over this. It's going to just frustrate people because I'm, I'm, I'm fighting this thing. The children and all the damage that this thing is creating. Okay. So the Pharisees said to him, look, why do they do what is not lawful on the Sabbath? But he said to them, have you never read what David did when he was in need and hungry, and he and those with him? Please, if you're fearful, keep your mask on. But go and do a study and go and get understanding. Go and get understanding. Now, I will deal with government if I have to, but I'm telling you now, it's not right. How he went to the house of God in the days of Abathia, the high priest, and ate the showbread, which is not lawful to eat except for the priests, and also gave, them, gave some to those who were with him. And he said to them, here's your scripture. The Sabbath 
was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Under the law, they created this Sabbath, even the Jewish people, to make sure that you're not supposed to do a single thing on the Sabbath. And Jesus walks in and he does what violates their Sabbath law. And they want to now put a, a mark against him and his work. And he turns around and he says to them, the Sabbath, when God made the Sabbath, it was, it was made for the man because God was satisfied with what he had made. It wasn't for a man to try and please God on, a, on one day in the week. It wasn't for a man to act all pious on one day. It wasn't for man to act all holy on a day. Because when you enter into and believe Jesus is your Sabbath, the Sabbath was not supposed to be a burden to man. But it was supposed to be a delight for a man. It was supposed to bring you a place of peace. Luke chapter 14 verse 1. Let's understand this. Now it happened as he went into the house of one of the rulers of the Pharisees to eat bread on what day? That they watched him closely. And behold, there was a certain man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus answering spoke to the lawyers and Pharisees saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? But they kept silent and he took him and he healed him and let him go. Because if Jesus asks you a question, you know he's got an answer, right? He's not trying to figure out. Then he answered them saying, which of you, having a donkey or an ox that has fallen into a pit, will not immediately pull him out on the Sabbath day? You treat animals better than you treat people. You put people under law, you get people to go and obey some kind of law, and you're not setting them free. And they could not answer him regarding these things. The enemy wants to create a world for you. Jesus says that he is also the Lord of the Sabbath. He, when God created man, he brought man and all of his provision and all of his life, locked him up into a day called the Sabbath, called rest. And in that place, that man became what God had called him to be. It's for the same reason why when you put a, a plant, a tree, it can stand there for a hundred years. And all that tree does is rest. It's not like it's not producing. Every year you can find fruit on the tree. But it's not moving around trying to find and be something else. And that's God's delight. And the problem with most of us, and I tell you this is for many Christians. Now I'll tell you why I'm saying this. Because with this Joe Biden and Trump situation that's happening, you're finding many Christians that are really struggling. And I'm asking the question, are we drinking from the same spirit? Are we serving the same God? Surely it cannot be. Because with division and strife and, and flesh in the way and carnality, gone to see. It's ridiculous what you're hearing from people. Where the church, because you, are, you have the spirit of truth, because you're in a place of rest, 
You should be having an answer for all of this. And in fact, there's seasons when God will tell you, just keep quiet. I mean, Lord, I, I, I mean, I have no desire to prophesy, to say stuff. And the Lord just says, you keep quiet. I'm hearing what the Spirit of God is saying. And I feel certain things and I'm asking and I've inquired over the last six, seven months what this thing's really all about. And the Lord has been showing me certain things, but He says, it's not a time to speak. So, let's understand something concerning rest. And it's found in the book of Matthew chapter 11 verse 28. Come to me, all you who labor. There's a difference between Labor and your work. Heavy labor is what the enemy is going to put you under. When the Lord speaks to you, he says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So let's have a look at this. There is a rest that you receive because it is given. There is a rest that is accessed because it is found. Have a look at them. I've put out a graph for you. Have a look at this. Take, some, take your, your camera out. If you need to understand this, take a picture so we can understand this in the next couple of weeks. I want you to please put this in your spirit. It's really vital for you. Don't, people are stressed out in marriages and homes and I'm getting message inboxes from, from so many different people about my marriage and my, this is in trouble, that's in trouble. It's because the word of God is not present in people's lives. You must take and pay attention this morning. You must write this down because you're going to need it for the days ahead. You're going to need it for the days ahead. I'm not trying to just preach anything. I'm going with God. And so I can find the rhythm for your life. So Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 on the left-hand side is where you receive your rest. Matthew chapter 11 verse 29 is where you find rest. So receiving rest, what's the requirement? Jesus says, come to me. When you want to find rest, he says, learn from me. So let's, let's go to the first one. To receive rest, the requirement is to come to Jesus. Who gives it? It's the person of Christ. He says, I will give you rest. What is that rest for? The rest is for your spirit. That is got to do with your initial salvation. Father, we thank you for the anointing that is breaking this yoke right now. We just trust you, Father. We thank you. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your grace. Be healed in Jesus' name. So the one has got to do with the first time you come to Christ, he, he says, come to me and I will give you rest. That's when I receive my rest. The next verse speaks about finding rest. That's different to actually receiving rest. He says, what's the requirement? He says, the requirement is you need to learn from me. What causes it? It's the principles of Christ. And you will find rest. What's this rest for? So the first rest you come when you get born again, it's the rest for your spirit. The second rest is for your soul. 
So you can stop working. So um, the one has got to do with your initial salvation. The next has got to do with your progressive salvation. So when you're speaking about the soul of a man, you begin to understand that I now, having received Christ, my spirit has found rest. That means you are born again. That means you go to heaven. You're not fighting for your salvation. You're not paying for your salvation. It was given to you because you are saved. Uh, is there anybody saved in the house this morning? Because that is given to you. You were made righteous because of the blood. It was given to you. But if you're going to remain in the earth, there is something you're going to contend with every single day. The issues around your soul. And your soul lets you know that I now need to go and find rest. Not find accommodation in Umshlanga. Go and have your holiday. But I'm finding out there are people, even after they go on holiday, they come back more stressed from a holiday. Because they've got no rest for their souls. So when you're coming into the soul, your soul, which is your mind, your thinking, your understanding, your will is in there, your choices, your decisions, your emotions, your feelings, all of that must prosper. Third John 2. You will prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. Only Christ can give our souls rest. You can take your hands off your computer. You can get a, a drive all the way to, to, to whatever your favorite location is. And you can find a week at the sea. And I pray that you do. But it does not necessarily equate to the fact that your soul finds rest. So what the enemy wants to do is, he's a heavy taskmaster. He wants to put your soul at work every single day. He taxes you with worry. He taxes you with, did I do enough? He taxes you with, um, did I pray long enough? He taxes you with, did I sow enough? He taxes you with, did I worship long enough? He taxes you with, does God care about me? He taxes you with condemnation about the mistakes you made. He taxes you over and over and over again. It's not financial taxing, but it is the taxing of your soul. And the only person who can give you rest from that thing is Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can come because he's the lover of your soul. And so if you allow the enemy to go and tax you, um, I'm finding people that actually have a, um, you know, they're offering, the banks are offering a payment holiday from debt. And it's okay to get that, but the only holiday for your soul is found in Jesus Christ. It's found in his word. And so he wants to put a, a spirit of fear upon you. I want to read something. Holy Ghost, help me this morning. Now watch. You find rest for your soul through obedience. I want to say it again to you. Your soul does not find a holiday anywhere. Nowhere. It's the same reason why people get drunk and even though they're saved. Why they're anxious even though they're saved. Struck, stressed and, and, and struggling 
because of this area of their lives. Because God's pattern has been from the beginning that man is led by him. That you are led by his spirit. But if you are anxious and you're worried and you're concerned about so many things, you can't come into the place of where you can hear God's voice. At the original sin, the eyes of the soul were opened and the soul became the dominant agency governing the attitudes and acts of man. Independent of any kind of divine influence from the Holy Spirit via the human spirit. So watch. You are spirit, soul, and body. So this man called Adam would work with the Spirit of God, governing the soulish realm of his life, so that he can walk out in peace. When he sins, he is cut off from the, the Spirit which has rest in God, and he's the dominant place of making decisions. All comes from his soulish realm. So all decisions and all the fears and all the concerns and all, de all decisions is not even connecting with God. It's only connecting with the man. And if this is a troubled man, you'll find his house is in trouble. You'll find his money's in trouble. You'll find physically their bodies are in trouble. Because everything about your life, it depends upon what's happening in your soul. Please put up um, 3 John verse 2, please. 3 John 2. 3 John and verse 2. I'll, I'll take the time. You can put it up for me. Just, I want to watch this. Because, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. That tells you, you keep looking for money. You keep looking for a partner. It is not, you don't attract what you want. You attract who you are. And it's in the soulish realm when I find rest and I'm happy with me. And I know that I'm blessed. Why? I, I, I've come into a place of who Christ is my Sabbath. And I go into the place of where I know that He loves me no matter what's happening around me. That's rest. I know that He has a plan for me no matter what's happening around me. That's rest. I know that even though I messed up, I go back to the Lord and I go and find rest. I don't walk with unforgiveness and bitterness toward people because that is a restless soul. And for many people, even if you have a man that's hitting on a woman, he's really beating on himself because his soul's got no rest. And it's time for us to bring people back to the place of rest. And that was, that's not given, that's learned. That's a Matthew chapter 11 verse 29 scripture. That's not the one that Christ saved you. It's the one that you learn. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I won't put anything heavy on you. I now then begin to learn how to love me. Why are you asking other people, do you like me? Do you like how I look? Do you like the way you look? How does this dress make me look? You need to answer it. Do you love you? Because you can't love anybody if you don't love you. You need to fall in love with you. Some of you need to go and go and just have some lunch this afternoon. The singles crying, waiting for a husband. Go, put on there and, and then let them just say, look, when I'm just having my steak, this, this bunch of flowers, please bring it to my table. Write a note there. To me, from me, I love you so much. 
and send the flowers to yourself and say, I love me. And the problem that you're finding out for many people, even though they're born again and their spirit, they were given rest. They still found, they learned nothing from Christ because they've not learned to walk with God in a season. And what they do is when they come into your environment, they stress everybody out. You were supposed to bring peace into this ministry. I'm going to wait a little while until that sinks inside of somebody. When I come home from work, woman, I don't need chicken wings again from you. You need to give me rest. And all the men said, don't stress me out. Because I'm walking with God, I'm in the rhythm with God, and I'm learning how to walk with Him every single day. You're my soul, instead of being led by the Spirit, the soul is rebelled against His God. God has got a determined pattern. God's got a way of working with you. God's got a way of working with me. I don't try to force people into seasons. If you feel this is not the season for you to come and work in the ministry, it's no problem. Sit and enjoy the ministry. But when I'm running with God and there's a rhythm with me and I'm busy moving with God, I'm saying you better come with me otherwise because I know when there's seasons when God says, son, I need you to push in. I need you to press in because this is not the time to sleep. But I don't do it outside of God. He's still my rhythm. He's still my rest. Come on, somebody. Shout yes and amen. Trying to get into ministry trying to figure out what God's will is for my life, stressed out but at home, not working, in the natural. Gone from a company, but do you know how stressful it is worrying about where provision's coming from? Your soul was designed to blindly follow the leading of God in the spirit Man, my soul was supposed to blindly follow God. Because you see, understanding can wait, but obedience cannot. And the reason why I find rest for my soul, I, I follow God. I follow what He's saying. I don't fully understand it. But I know that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. What does my obedience to God do? It gives rest for my soul. It brings you to a place of rest. In departing from this design, the soul went into unrest. Knowing no divine peace and serenity. For it started to function out of its predetermined place. Your soul must now return to its former position of being led by the Spirit. Because sons are not driven by circumstances, we are led by the Spirit of God. Psalms 116 verse 7. Say this loud with me. Psalms 116 verse 7. Say to your neighbor, look at your neighbor and say, return to your rest Oh, my soul. Because your soul has a home. And it's not an Umschlanga beach. It's not at the sea. 
When you are home, it's a place of rest. It's found in Christ. It's found, I find my rest in his word. There therefore remains a rest for the people of God. A place of rest, a quiet, settled spot, a home. It's, it's, it's when I get home, I must find rest. And let me just give you an example of something it is not. Genesis chapter 4 verse 10. You know the story with Cain kills Abel, and the Lord comes to him and says, where are you? He says, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So now you are cursed from the earth. Are you listening to the words? Anybody that's got no rest in Christ, that's got no home in Christ, no home in the Word of God. When you, come to, when you get into the Word of God, this is a holiday for your soul. Some of you are shocked. This is what your soul is longing for. This is the place that your soul is, has, been, has been crying, not just to come to church to sing songs, but to hear the word because it's the rest that you give your soul. So now you are cursed from the earth which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. Oh my God. That means whatever work you do, there's no rest. And there's no rest for the wicked. Because God will make the wicked that don't serve Him, make them toil their whole lives and then hand over their inheritance to Pastor Max in the church. It's in the Bible. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and a vagabond, you shall be on the earth. I cut that off from your life today in the name of Jesus. That you're not going to go wandering and squandering your whole life in the name of Jesus. You're going to find your life planted in the house of God. You're going to find the position in, your, in the kingdom of God. I see you flourishing. I see you yielding strength every single month. I see your gift making room for you. I see you coming into your destiny, into your purpose. I need somebody to respond to the word of God this morning. I need somebody to begin to believe right now. Because you found rest in God. Because you found your position in God. You're begging nobody anymore. You're going to owe no man thank you. Abraham said, let no man say they made me rich, but God, I'm not going to take anything from you. I prophesy that over somebody this morning, you are coming into a place of tremendous rest. Your days of wandering from this position and that job and begging somebody else and moving house and going to another place, it's over in the name of Jesus. I call you into a place of rest. You are not going to stress your wife out anymore. You're not going to stress your husband out anymore. You're not going to have unruly children anymore. You're going to have everybody. I prophesy that over Kingdom Life Embassy. Everybody under the sound of my voice. You're going to find your position in the house. You're going to find your peace. You're going to find rest. You're going to become all that God has called you to be. Yay! Let somebody shout and give God some praise. You need to hear the word this morning. It says when the ground, when you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. Verse 12. A fugitive and a vagabond you shall be on the earth. Listen to verse 13. Listen to what he says it is. That's not for a child of God. You're wondering your whole life, what am I called to do? Is this the church? Oh, let me run after major one. I need a word today. It's like, when are you going to settle down and become you? 
The one that God looks back at the Sabbath and says, this is my delight. I prophesy that upon you in the name of Jesus. That when you wake up in the morning, the Lord's going to say, that's my delight. This is, this is different. This one is different to everybody else. She doesn't go and function outside of the grace and outside of my rest. She knows who she is. She knows why she was born. She knows what her gift is. And she's fruitful every single day. Shout yes. Listen, listen. And Cain said to the Lord, This is Punishment. He says it's greater than I can bear. Do you understand that it is punishment that you don't have a house to come home to with peace and all the bills are paid and there's some food on your stove and you are enjoying your day and after a heavy day and it's so hot. I mean, my time in the pool every morning by 9.30, I'm swimming in a clean pool, rest in my home. I've been fighting for this thing my whole life. I'm not going to allow anybody to, to stress me out. When you send me a message on my day off, ain't going to respond, baby. You better be dead and sending an SMS from the grave. Because I'm not going to respond. You're not going to stress me out. I watch people that send me messages on a day off because they're so troubled. I've just helped you. Say, call the office on Monday. You, know, you better call the office. You're not going to get the response from me. Because stressful people and restless people, they know the punishment of not being in God's presence. They know the punishment of being outside of the will of God. The Bible says only the rebellious dwell in a parched land. You are not the rebellious. You are the blessed. What are you? You are sanctified. You are in Christ. You found He is the Lord of the Sabbath. And you find your rest in Him. When God looks at you, He's pleased with you. When God looks at you, He loves on you. When you wake up in the morning, you say, Oh my God, here's the favor of the Lord once again upon my life. God is fighting for me. You're not going to stress me out, devil. God is on my side. God's going to send me the right people. God's going to send me the kind people. God's going to bless me today. Oh, the favor of the Lord, because this one is sanctified. This one is set apart. Come on, look at your name and say, I am sanctified, I'm set apart, I'm blessed, I'm elevated, I'm walking in the Sabbath, God is on my side. I need somebody just to shout and give God some praise in this house. That tells me I can go to work with my skill and have a holiday in my soul. You never heard me this morning. I can drive in traffic on my way to work, yet my soul found rest because I have scripture working on the inside of me. My soul is on holiday every single day. It wasn't for a day because God never made man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for a man. Now shout and give God some praise. That's why David said in his stress, he said, bless the Lord, O my soul, 
and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Uh, who heals all your diseases. Uh, and clears. Bless the Lord. Come on, you sing with me there. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all. Watch, watch. By the anointing this morning, everything that has been harassing you, every spirit of depression, of fear, of anxiety, that is trying to move you from your rest in God, I cut that from your life today. In the name of Jesus. I rebuke the spirit that has been tormenting you. I torment every spirit that has been tormenting you. I decree by the Spirit of God that you are free this morning. And you're going to wake up every single morning and saying, Lord, I bless you. My soul finds rest in you every single day. There therefore remains a rest for the people of God. In the name of Jesus. Cain said it's punishment for somebody who hasn't got a home for their soul. That even though I work hard, there's no return. There's no strength. I work hard for bosses. And there's no return. Could it be that your soul, not led by God, is settling you in a place outside of the will of God? Rest is not the absence of work. It's the absence of toil. So when he calls Peter, Peter says, we've toiled all night. And he brings him out of a job and into his work. And he gives him rest. He says, you want to know how it works in the kingdom? I'll call in fish, cast your net on the other side. Calls in fish, the fish came from everywhere. Because even the fish understands rest. They are here to make you rest. In God. The, the earth must yield its increase unto me. Adam walking with God in the cool of the day. God brings. God blessed him. Said be fruitful. Then God, the Bible says, he brought the animals to Adam. And whatever Adam named it, that's what it was. Your days of looking for provision are over. How do I know that you are in your Sabbath? Someone's going to hear the phone ring even this afternoon. Uh, this contract we've been waiting six months for? 
I'm okay. I'll preach to believers. I'll just preach to believers in this place. You don't believe it, it's fine. Put up Hebrews chapter 4 verse 1. We're going to go back and we'll teach us in the next couple of weeks. But you're going to hear me what your response is right now. Are you responding in unbelief or in belief? Give me Hebrews chapter 4 verse 1. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering His rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. That means I can stand and preach you all the time about rest. And even though I'm preaching to you the gospel and the good news, you stand here and say, I'm not going to mix it with my faith. Not interested. But not at Kingdom Life Embassy. I said not at Kingdom Life Embassy. I said not in this church. You're going to start clapping your hands and say, Lord, I, I'm not going to toil in my own strength anymore. I don't know why they turned that fan off, but let me end. I suppose that's my cue to get off. They shall, because you're making me sweat when I'm teaching on a rest message. Don't be that leader that makes me sweat. They shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Here's the deal. Do you remember the software called Mix It? The app or whatever it was. The problem with most people is that they heard a message. And they walk out here, oh, that was a nice message. No. I didn't preach it for that. I preach it so you can say, mix it. Look. I brought some word, coffee. I've added some sugar in there. I poured the water of the word. You sitting with the stirrer. Take your finger. Someone's going to start doing this the whole week. When I preach to you, your finger must go mix it. Stir it up. Say, I'm a believer. I believe this rest is for me. I believe I'm sanctified. I believe I've been set apart. I believe I've been promoted. I am elevated. I'm not toiling with everybody else. I'm walking in His rest. God's already provided for me and my family. I'm not stressing out everybody that's not interested in the Word of God. I'm going to try and preach to you. If you don't receive it, that's no problem. But me, you're not going to stress out. You're not going to stress me out. You're not going to stress me out because you don't want to believe. Now you come on a Monday and you dig out in unbelief what I sowed in faith in, on, a, on a Sunday. Oh, but will God really? You better shut up because you're working. When the seed is in the ground, it's called rest. When the seed is in the ground, it's called rest. Now bless the Lord, and this morning tell the Lord that your soul belongs to Him. Sing bless the Lord this morning. Lift your hands everywhere. That's called rest.
has done. Lift up the hands. For he has done great Touch every heart, touch every mind. Listen to me, child of God. Listen to me, creation of God. Two different groups of people. One is God's creation, but not necessarily God's child. God made you, and the only rest you can find is when you give your life to Jesus Christ. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all he who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. It's for your spirit, so that your your heart, God can find His heart. Your his home in your heart. He'll come and make you set up his home with you. But you must be born again. You must be born again. Then there are born again believers. Hear me, for many of you that are not home, we'll preach next week about the church and understanding how the church must be a place of peace because this is your church home. There can't be strife and anxiety. It's home. You're so far from God. You've been messing around. And it's time to come home. I'm telling you, there is no other place you're going to find a holiday for your soul except in God's Word and in His presence. More than the money you're going to get. You can buy a bed but not have peace or sleep. You can have a house but not a home because your soul needs a holiday and it's found in Christ. I pray that you'll just make it that turn and make a decision to come home and settle it. You are not like Cain. You're not a wanderer. It's punishment not to have home for your soul. May you come home. Like the prodigal, go home. Go home. Just go home. Go home. Stop eating and sleeping with the pigs. Just go home. God's calling you home. Make right with the Lord. Find rest for your soul. In Jesus' name. Clap your hands and bless the Lord this morning. Be seated for a few minutes. We've been really just anxious to put the seed in the ground. On the land. Because that is our work. But the, the sooner that thing is in the ground, I mean, we've got the one place where we've got the harvest already, and yesterday I took out about eight spinach um, leaves, because I love it with my eggs to have in the morning. But it's come from our own garden. But listen, my point I'm trying to make, if I planted nothing, that should make you anxious. You need to learn how to plant your seed. Because whatever a man sows, he's going to reap. Don't let the enemy rob you going from place to place and not taking time to sow seed in the ministry when you've heard the word, when you're tithing. Because God doesn't want your life to be stressed out. And please, find a home, a church home. Get planted. 
If you plant it, you flourish. The hand of God is upon your life today. As you sow your seed, God's hand is upon you this morning. I am so happy when my seed is in the ground. We've honored Apostle Neil. We've honored all the guest speakers that have come to this house. That seed, it's come from you. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, I've got seed in the ground. Yeah, why are you anxious? If you've planted, if you've sown seed, if you tithe, why are you anxious? Why are you anxious? I just love planting seed because I know next season is coming. As God leads me, we just keep planting. Because the day comes when I just say, well, go and cut some from that harvest. And say, it's sickle time. It's harvest time. Because it's coming. For whatever man sows, he's going to reap. And the measure that you meet. If you give your life to nothing, you return back nothing. You can't go through another spring and another summer with not planting seed and re getting a return. For whatever a man sows, is going to be, Father, bless your people, bless them in their giving. Thank you that we can find rest knowing that whatever a man sows, is going to reap. Bless your people in their giving. Thank you for all our partners. Thank you for them constantly sowing into projects and, and helping the ministry and being a blessing. Because this is home. It's home. It's home for many people. But we planted here and we sow in this place and we give in this place because there's always a return on what God has given us. Amen. The Lord bless you in your giving. In Jesus' name, will you send the baskets around? Amen. of stressing are over. The hand of God's coming upon your life to give you ease. You're not going to beg. You're not going to go and try and find an answer. 
God's goodness is going to come and visit you. His favor is going to surround you like a shield. Every challenge in your mind, I decree and declare God's coming to visit you with an answer. To give you peace and to give you rest. I bless you. You will not be found waiting in a place of anxiety. You will walk with God, talk with God, experience His goodness, and you're going to know that you are in your Sabbath because Christ is your Sabbath and He is your rest. I bless you today from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. Whatever you put your hands to this week, it's going to come with ease. I rebuke any kind of strife in that office and in your environment and in your home. We bind and take authority over that. I call for rest, restful places, wonderful holidays. I'm telling you, they said all the holiday places are closed in December, not for you. Why? You are separated, you are sanctified, you are elevated, you are not like the rest of the world. When you want to go on holiday, others will cancel and they'll work double shifts but you're going to have a holiday this year because you are trusting in the Lord in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, and amen. God bless you. Let's go rejoicing this morning. Amen.